Welcome to the Real Rescue Podcast, brought to you by Vertical Helicast. This episode of the Real Rescue is being sponsored by Breeze Eastern. They dedicate themselves to our helicopter rescue world. Since the very first helicopter rescue in November of 1945, Breeze Eastern has designed and manufactured superior rescue hoist solutions. While much of the technology and the unique mission requirements have changed over the past 75 years, their commitment to the rescuers, the operators, and those being rescued has not. Contact them today by visiting them at breeze-eastern.com. Coming up next on this episode of The Real Rescue, we're joined by another Coast Guard finned brother. He brings us stories from Houston, Alaska, Cape Cod, and down to Elizabeth City, North Carolina. They are awesome. Super good time. The other part I love about this is him and I have been friends for a long time, and every time we get together, it's just laughing. I absolutely love it. I It's so fun for me to hang out with him. Just the stories that come out of him, just they're hilarious. Some of them you're going to hear here are just as funny. So please welcome our next guest, United States Coast Guard rescue swimmer number 537, Mr. Claude Morrissey. My name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard rescue swimmer number 500. These are my rescues and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is The Real Rescue Podcast. Oh my God, Claude, I'm so excited right now. <laughs> All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Real Rescue. I've got another Finned brother with me. I'm super pumped to have this guy on. Uh, there's a lot of backstories. Actually, you and I hung out together in Priority One Air Rescue while we were standing duty down there. I think that's yeah. actually the only time that you and I actually stood due together. Other than that, it was like just stories yeah. of each other in every spot. So... Yeah, chasing chasing Quinny. So yeah, uh-huh. the infamous uh-huh. infamous pull up king. I'm like, oh my god, whatever. So, yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, United States Coast Guard rescue swimmer number five hundred and thirty seven, Mister Claude Morrissey, my brother. What's up, dude? Hey, what's up, Quinny man? How you doing this morning? So. Dude, I'm awesome. Super, super awesome. I thank you so much for coming on and joining me. I'm I'm psyched to to hear about your stories. Uh this has been kind of cool because I've been reading through some of your awards, uh, just going over like a bunch of the stuff that you've done throughout your career. And I'm dude, I'm stoked to get into this. I really am. It's gonna be fun. I can't wait, brother. Can't wait. Cool. So uh let me start with this. Let's go right into a little background about you, uh, where you're from how you got into the Coast Guard, and I don't know how and how and why you became a rescue swimmer. But, but I, I got to throw this out to you, to you, Claude, all right? Not only did you, like, start earning stuff in the Coast Guard, you actually earned something in high school. You were a Nixon superstar, <laughs> a 50-yard dash at 9.7 seconds, jump rope of 11, uh, what is this, softball throw, <laughs> 71 feet. <laughs> Frisbee yeah. throw 47 feet, long jump, four feet, four inches, and a run around Nixon's goal at one minute and 20 seconds. Yeah, buddy. It was, 
it was it was killer back then. It was all competition, right? So being a fat kid, sometimes you win, you know. So, but uh, I just I, I gotta back. throw that out there to you, dude. High school, yes. Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty pretty pumped about that. I think that was third grade. So you know. So, oh, that's even funnier. That was like 1985. <laughs> oh yeah, it was probably at 76. I was born, so it's probably yeah, it's probably right 85. So, yeah. Oh, that's Ooh. funny. That's so funny. All right, dude. Little background about you, man. Outside of the uh, Nixon superstar, <laughs> that was such a fat kid, dude. I was like off feet and head. There was nothing else but feet and head. You know, size fifteen in third grade, and just this humongous head that it just led me everywhere. You know, so and I was special education, which was awesome. So I got a lot of perks. So. All right. <laughs> Tons of perks being special ed. So. Uh-huh. Did, did it keep going? <laughs> What's that? Being special ed? Special ed? <laughs> oh, my God. It was, I was up to high school, and they probably pulled me out of it. But um, my mother put me in, and I'm like, third grade. I'm like, oh, my God. I was a hyper kid. Go figure. Swimmer being hyper, right? And they didn't know how to deal with me. They didn't want to medicate me back then. So, like, this kid's fucking retarded. So, they put me in with all the special kids. And they're all eating their boogers and pissing their pants. I'm, I sit there in a the class. I'm, I'm like, I don't belong here. Like, you know, I just don't belong. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm third grade. And that's all my buddies. I'm in this special room with all these kids that are eating boogers. And great kids, but good friends in life. But I'm like, I don't belong here. And that's surely shit, dude. Well, it's cool because I got double field trips. So I go into regular class and we get our own class. So it's always got double field trips. So it's like, I'm not going to ruin this. So anyway. That study hall, credit for study hall. It was awesome, dude. So I'd go back tomorrow if I could. So yeah. That's no, hilarious. Fun there, right? yeah. <laughs> Where out? Where are you from? I'm from New Jersey, God's country. You know that place called oh, Rocksburg, yeah, yeah. New Jersey. Uh-huh. So yeah. God's, yeah, God's country. country. Yeah. 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 Jersey. Born. What exit? Yeah, Bon Jovi and uh, Bruce Springsteen, you know, all the all the big ones, big bands, you know. So yeah. But we all you know, been there, it's, Kate it's well. It's funny because I asked, like, what exit? So, for everybody that doesn't know, when you drive up the state of New Jersey, you're either on the turnpike or you're on the Parkway. That's how we uh, say it in Boston, the yeah, Parkway, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, what yeah. exit are you? Exit one, yeah. if I remember correctly, is like, yeah, okay. Well, exit well, one is down at the bottom, and then exit yep. whatever's on top, <laughs> way up on top, and everybody yeah. goes through it. Everybody yep. goes through Jersey. But. <laughs> I'm from a I'm from a small town, dude. We're kind of rural. We wouldn't even think of it. You know, Jersey's got two armpits. You got the New York armpit and you got the Philly armpit down south. Everything in between is full of shit, you know. But you know, I grew up pretty good life in, in the country. So it was cool. fun as hell, man. But, uh, Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Jersey. Nice. I don't want to go back there. You get me wrong, but you know. So. I don't blame you. What? Uh, 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 all right. So what uh what brought you to the Coast Guard? So this is 98, um, 1998, July weekend. I'm, I'm having a hard time with girls, you know, I'm going through a breakup, but I want to get with the girls. She's not giving me any time. And another girl I'm hanging out with, she's like, I like guys in uniform. And I'm like, I don't want to be a cop, you know, like firefighter. Yeah, but I couldn't get any job as a firefighter. So I think it was my wife, actually. She likes guys in uniform. Still likes guys in uniform. Breaks my heart. But... Uh, <laughs> but um she uh so anyway i'm going through a bad breakup in life so i'm sitting there i work for the power company my dad and um 
next thing I know, like we're we're sitting there talking. I go, Dad, I'm gonna join the Marine Corps. I got the best uniforms. And my dad was Army in Vietnam. He's like, Marine Corps. And his buddy walked in at that time, and he was a tunnel rat in Vietnam. This guy's about not this big, you know, tunnel rat guy named Paul Williams. Got hearing aids, got blown up like four times. He's like, join the Coast Guard. I'm like, my my dad goes, yeah, the Coast Guard. I go, I go, Dad, Paul, what's the Coast Guard? You mean like Baywatch? Like, you know, because Baywatch was big back then, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, Pamela Anderson. Yeah, I could. Uh, I, I'm like 21, 22 at the time, and. uh so I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll get the Coast Guard to call. It'd be kind of cool because I was a firefighter EMT back then. So I called the Coast Guard, and the guy that actually pushed the um, pushed the in the OTC five, they were doing auto rotations, and they pulled both engines back, and he pushed them forward. This guy Ted, I want to say his name is Tim Finney, but that's that's not right because Finney is one of our instructors. Anyway, um, he recruited me. He was the first or second class AMT, and I get to you know get to there, and I get to the get to the office to get recruiting and they got that video plane of the rescue swimmer and the boat yeah. i'm like i want to be the guy to drive the boat and i want to be the guy that jumps out of the helicopter and he goes yeah you can do whatever you want you know typical recruiter oh yeah you can do both i'm like oh wow you know i think he said one or the other he's pretty honest so lost some weight got in the coast guard um went into the coast guard uh, golf 154 october of 98 um End of 98, like I'm in Halloween. I forget our first week was during Halloween. I'm like, I could be hanging out with my buddies, drinking beer, but now I'm in this, in this, this like it's worse than being a special education first week of boot camp where everybody's breathing on each other and you got no, no, you just don't know what to do. It's not a hard thing, but you're just trying to figure the routine out, right? And it's yeah. just like, man, what am I, what bad choices in life that led me to this part, you know? And, of course, you know, over the eight weeks, it makes you feel, but that was our first week of Halloween. I'm like, I could be out looking at some some girl that's like not even dressed right now, some skimpy shit. And here I am in boot camp looking at this guy's, you know, in the shower. And you're like, oh my God, there's no privacy. You know, it's like, oh my, you know, not that I cared, but I'm like, man, bad choice, bad choice, you know? So it was worth it though, man. But uh, went to boot camp with Chris Davis. Um, you've heard about him. He's Love actually Chris a social Davis. worker. Him and He's I were stationed social. together in the honor guard. Just so you know. Yeah, he went. He went from. He came home with me after boot camp, where he went to California, back home. And uh, he's just an awesome guy, man. He's a good flight mechanic, good friend. Um, he's actually doing social work because my kids are both out of the system in Massachusetts. My 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 two middle kids, and um, he's just an awesome guy. You know, just anybody that does social works like like way above it. You know, they got to deal with so much stuff. You know. Oh yeah. So, yeah. You wouldn't think he'd be. He's a big old you know, tattooed up guy, you know, you're like, you wouldn't think he would be a social worker, you know, I'd be like, where the fuck's this guy coming in, yeah. you know? if I remember correctly, he was, he was about the same height as you and I, like 6'4", six, 6'5", four, yeah, six, six, somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah straight, big good dude. looking like, good looking like me, maybe not as good looking as me and you, but close. Nah, you know? close, so. you know what, He's, he can work on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, I can't he, wait he, to he, hear he, from him now, I'm so excited. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Chris, call me. Oh, so yeah, boot camp, um, easiest thing in the world. And let's not let's not lie compared to summer school. Just go in, eat, march around, eat, march around, eat, and then uh, hey, we're gonna go through it. And then went to a boat, man, and I had a great time on a boat. You know, so that was I was on a boat out of Philadelphia, um, sixty-five foot of twisted steel and sex appeal. I painted that thing like six times from the top to the bottom because I was somebody told me they said if you work hard. 
you know, they won't bother you. So I always had a paintbrush or rag in my hand. And to this day it works, you know, I'm like, both Bo Smith's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm painting. He's like, what? It's, it's four degrees outside. You have a paintbrush. And I'm like, I don't know. I just got a paintbrush. So I, I just walk around with a paintbrush in my hand. He goes, but they never yelled at me. They never yelled at me because I had a paintbrush in my hand, you know, or a rag wiping something down in the engine room. You could get both. Now it was, it was a good time, man. There were some really good mentors, super good guys in the boat that supported me to go to aviation. So that was, that was important, you know? So That's I cool. was actually on a, I was actually on a DC list and, um, which is damage control for those that don't yeah, know. Damage control. That, yep. You can go in and fix anything. It's broken. Yeah, DC fixes well, it. it. It was firefighting, right? That's what I want to be. If I, I got to get my points, get on New York City Fire Department. I was, I got to tell you that story too. Um, I was going to be on New York City Fire Department. That's why I joined the Coast Guard, get the points, you know, and, uh, you know, I was going to do four years and get out and uh, was on a DC list, damage controlman list. And then um, something fell through there. And this guy, Jay DeCabe, is a match chief now. He's, I think he's a rating force match. He was, he retired, but uh, Bob Field and Chief Kerner and this guy, this MK1, Randy Scheitz, they were all great guys. Just want to mention names. Um, they really uh, mentored me, you know, at a young age. And, you know, they put me in for the list of person of the year and I beat Scap out. Old, and it was like, so I get the That would award. be Shannon Scap, who's been on his podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. It's a small world. So here I am a non-rate. I beat him out for D5. And I'm going to go up to the next, next, um, you know, hopefully get masked. He'll get maritwist and loaded to the swimmer and not to go to school. That was not going to happen. So <laughs> anyway, you think that's a non-rate. I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll be a, I'll be an E4. I won't have to go to swimmer school. Just make me one now. So I give my orders to Elizabeth City. And uh, I check in and there's old Scaff. I'm like, ah, oh. he's like, and they kind of figured it out because they had to do an award ceremony. He's like, you beat Scaff out. So all the guys are razzing Scaff. Scaff, you got beat out by a fat non-rate over here, you know? And it's just like, oh, man, I'm like, Scaff's going to kill me. And he was my mentor. He was awesome, dude. Like, Shannon, you couldn't ask for a better, you know, coming into the rate for a true honest assessment. I mean, he could PT, you know, it was awesome. But get back into it. Boat was awesome. Glad I did it. Don't want to go back. Um uh, I'm okay with not going back on a boat ever again, you know, and uh, so I get to Elizabeth City in June of uh, June of 2000, and I think you had been out for, when did you graduate? 99 sometime, so? No, so I graduated uh, March of 2000, so okay. I was there July of 99, and then went to school, whatever, July, September, October, November-ish, somewhere in there, October, November is when I got into school. So I had just done my airman program in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. And the only thing I had a hard time was with push-ups. That's it. Like I could crank them out, but in comparison to everybody else in the shop, dude, my push-ups sucked. So dude, anything in the shop we we dude, they were men. I mean, they were mentors, they were men, they were, I mean, so I get to it's funny too. I get to the shop and the first person I meet is Mike Odell. I'm like checking in on Monday. Just, just had yeah, this huge star case. Shannon and Troy Lundgren got a huge star. Met, got air medals for it. You know, nobody's around. It's a typical Monday, Elizabeth City. They worked all weekend. They did. They just went out and killed star. You know, just got like three monster star cases. Nobody's there. I'm like, what's, what's going on here? You know. So I, Mike Odell pops in. I'm like, hey, sir. I'm uh, Airman Morrison. He's like, why are you not doing push-ups? I'm like, 
So, you know, you just, you just drop pretty much. You start doing push-ups. He's like, you're the worst push ever. Just get up, just get up. You know how Mike Modell is. He just is checking it too from the schoolhouse. So he brings, brings me around and brings me over to the C-130 hangar. And this Ginger Barnes is there. And she's like, yeah, you don't belong here. Go back to the shop. Go back to the shop. Walk in again. Why are you doing push-ups? Because every time you went through the door, you were doing push-ups. You remember? That's I right. Mean, oh, the, yeah. Uh, it was or you walk push. in the shop, you walk out of the shop. You're doing pull-ups, push-ups, squats, something. I mean, I remember we'd, we'd have like five bags of garbage and like two things to go to supply because they're like, hey, because they want to keep going in and out and make you do it, you know? So you'd like have this handful of shit. Like, no, that's not how it works, Airman. You're like, Jerry Hoover's like, drop that stuff, take one bag at a time, come in and do 50 push-ups. You know, but they were great. I mean, they got you ready. And uh, so, you know, I... I Monday goes by, and they're like, hey, we're going to go to the pool tomorrow. You know, be ready for a PT test. That was a disaster, man. I, I couldn't do pull-ups. I could do push-ups, sit-ups. I could do my – I was quick at running. So I did my run. Couldn't do one pull-up. They're like, oh, my God, fat body, like, pile. They're like, not even one pull-up. There's a jelly. You know, they're just starting on, you know, jelly, don't, donut. And they're like – I'll never forget I'm hanging there. And they're like, you're no Jason Quinn. I'm like, Jason who? I'm like, Jason who? They're like, shut up, Ehrman. Jason Quinn, you don't say his name unless we tell you to. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, who is this guy? I'm like, when I get to hold, so that went on for a while. So I'm like, if I ever see this guy, I'm gonna give him a, I'm gonna kick his ass. I'm gonna kick his ass, you know. And uh, but there's another one, you know, it's oh, like so you're not mad, I'm not mad at you, but it's like, you know, because you get through it, you're like, oh man, that's awesome. But they just were trying to motivate you, but you were like the pull-up king, you know. He's such a great airman. Oh my God, we we can't even get airmen like him. And you show up, you know. It's just funny, you know. It was God, if you terrible, made it, man. I'm so sorry, dude. <laughs> no, it was so worth it. It was hey, you can't help the gifted. Um, yeah. but dude, they were mentors. Man. They were they were mentors. Sean Lansing, Scaff, Lundgren, Odell, Hoover. Uh, man, I could. Uh, God, I'm forgetting somebody. I know I am. Darren Reeves. Um. It was a oh, Cindy Kessel and PJ Ornott, Dave Foreman. Oh, Dave Foreman graduated the Friday before, so he's there too in the yep. shop. He's like, you know, they were they're just beasts, man. They were just beasts of men, you know. And uh, good shop. If you made it through Elizabeth City Airman program, and I had to do a few months extra because I was so fat and pull ups and stuff. But uh, you know, um, but they were mentors, man. Them guys, they would mentor you, and if they liked you. They kept you. And they, they saw something in me, thank God. And Jerry Hoover actually said that. He says, we don't usually keep guys around. For some reason, we like you. I'm like, okay, that's good, I guess. And, um, yeah, they, if you made it to Elizabeth Shop, school was easier in Elizabeth City Shop, in my opinion. I don't know how you felt. Like, they were like, school is I, different. But, I know. felt ready to go, dropping into school, coming out of East City, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for there sure. was no – at the time, nobody failed Elizabeth City. I think maybe one right. person went and came back, but they had made it through. But it was just yeah. – what a good shop. What a great, what a just all around good shop, you know? So I go back to there in a heartbeat if I could. I, so. I'm actually going to call it a little home court advantage is what I'll call it. Cause oh, we yeah. got to train in the pool that we were going to for school. We did all the oh, same yeah. runs that everybody in school was doing. So everybody from a different air station came in and they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, here's the mile and a half run. Here's the pool. Here's this, here's that. We had already been there for months. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So we I got had, this. Yeah, we, I know yeah. what lane to use in the pool. I know what yeah. area that you can pick up on the run. <laughs> yep. I couldn't I couldn't swim either really good. I was very comfortable in the water, which saved my ass. But like I'll never forget, like you're like and I was 
I figured out the first time they're like doing underwater. So I popped halfway and Troy Lundgren's like, he's going to go to the schoolhouse being instructor at the time. He's like, you better not pop and get her. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm like, oh my God, Troy Lundgren's like the Terminator, you know? <laughs> so I, I figured it out quick. Like, just hold your breath and just get it done. And dude, I didn't mind being underwater. Like, nobody was yelling at you. I'm like, I can hang out here forever, you know? And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I never popped again. Very rarely popped. Um, yeah, because we did have the home. We knew the pool. We knew how to how to get it done, you know. So yeah. you pull it off a tower. So we knew it, you know. Yeah, it was fun, dude. So was Brad cool. Torns was there, you know. It was awesome, dude. So yeah, you know, it was so just fun. a good time. Way good. So, so. after you graduate school, uh, and and the, you go back to the shop, and you're like, "Screw you, Jason Quinn! I freaking made it. What now?" I made it. I made it. <laughs> well, well, you had been. <laughs> I think you had been in Alaska, right? Was that where you went yeah, to I, your first unit? Yeah, right out of school, I went up to Kodiak. So, so, so this it's so small, you know. Like, and uh, yeah, it's like pull up King Jason Quinn. You know, that's how I remember you. And uh, you know, I'm on my way to Houston, and um, I didn't want to leave Elizabeth City. There was such a good shop, like Timmy Kessel and PJ Ornott and Dave at Shannon Brew. I mean, Brew was my chief as a first, and he was just awesome too, man. He just you know, they were just, they wanted to get you ready, you know, and they had fun with you, you know, um, I forget I'm missing somebody, but it's been a long time, but, um, yeah, not being, you know, beating Shannon Scaff out for the equal of the year, then getting rode about that was, was horrible, you know, but, uh, yeah, summer school was something I didn't mind doing, but you still have nightmares, you know, for like the longest time I had nightmares, you know, <laughs> you know, like a couple of years after, like, wife would wake up, well, what's wrong with you? I'm like, ah, I'm just, Thinking about school, you know, school was definitely, you know, they got you ready to go on star cases, you know, so. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. But, yeah. All right, well, I'll so. tell you what, man, I'm going to bring us down to Houston real quick, and I'm going to throw a little uh, shout out to you, because you earned a letter of accommodation down there, and you were not even qualified yet. Oh, my God, dude. dude. Well, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me read it. Let me read it, and then, and then you can drop into it. So, uh, 23 August, 2001. To AST, Claude Morrissey, letter of combination. I note with pride and am pleased to commend you on your performance of duty while assigned to Coast Guard Air Station Houston, Texas, during Tropical Storm Allison flood relief operations from 8 June to 10 June 2001. During this period, your hard work and dedication as a member of the Air Station maintenance line crew directly contributed the safe and timely launch of over 200 successful sorties, saving... 27 lives and assisting 29 others despite challenging weather conditions and demanding mission tasking you tirelessly completed 140 hot refueling evolutions repeated resupplied and serviced the unit's fuel truck and performed a multiple other performance functions that were critical to ensuring the unit remained 24 hour mission ready you also performed vital triage and stabilization of medical patients as they arrived on the helicopter returning to the air station. You provided essential primary care for both a 13-year-old quadriplegic and a 60-year-old blind diabetic patient as they waited for ground transportation to fully equate medical facilities. Your outstanding efforts are greatly appreciated and playing a vital part in flood relief's ultimate success. You are commended for your outstanding performance of duty. By your meritorious service, you have upheld the highest traditions of the United States Coast Guard. 
Claude, you're not even qualified yet, dude. I know, dude. It was just I had some I had some good mentors there, like Reese Boxwell. They looked out for me. Um, you know, Reese Boxwell, Mark Pipkin. Uh, you know Pipkin, right? Was he in class with you? Yeah, my he was not. He uh, was the one or two classes in front. Actually, I think he graduated Cape Stage, so it would have been two classes in front of me. Anyway, they were they were awesome guys. Bobby Ayers, um, Mark Vale was there. Anyway. Ed Hannah, awesome dude. Um, and God's crusader, man. He's just awesome too. But anyway, these guys are all going out. I'm not qualified. I'm like, I'm like probably like, I think I just got to my swimmer phase. So I got qualified. I got there in May. I got there about the beginning of May. I got my BA done and I was like ready. You know, I was like getting ready to go in. And it kind of like sidetracked me a little bit. You know, I had to wait a couple of weeks to normal operations back to get qualified but anyway i'm like hey man i'm on line crew i'm gonna make the best of it so you know they're dropping we actually got in trouble because they were hoisting to the ramp because they didn't want to bag out so they you know they were over six hours and there was dropping people down to the basket and the eo found out he's like you guys can't be doing that stuff you know i'm like i'm like mr Hahn, captain Hahn, he's a great dude he's like he's like oh you can't do that and i'm like ah, yeah, i'm just not you know i'm just third class you know i'm just getting these people out of the basket it was a good time, man. It was, um, I heard uh, Trevor Storm Allison came in, dumped a bunch of water in, in Houston and just made a huge mess of things. And, you know, you look on the news and you're going to duty and you're like, oh my God, it's, there's, there's my shop chief on the roof cutting on the roof of a hotel, pulling people out in North Houston. Oh my God, there's, you know, Chris Monville doing this, you know, and, it, you know, you just, you get so motivated. Like you, yeah. you just want to be involved, you know, and, uh, you know, other units are coming in, Corpus and, you know, Clearwater showing up and New Orleans is showing up and everybody's doing work and you, know, you just want to help out. So I was like, all right, I'll do the best I can at line crew. And uh, they, they recognized that all of us, it was kind of cool. You know, they didn't have to do that. You know, line crew goes, it's like the flight mechanic. They're, they're, they're the humble, what do they call it? The quiet professionals. I mean, they're just, yeah. we know that the, the flight mechanics do so much work and, a lot of behind the scenes work to make that one rescue happen. So yeah, I got that. And um, you know, the funny thing was is this ambulance comes in. I see this ambulance. I'm at the side of the planes turned up. We're getting ready to pull this quadriplegic kid out of the helicopter. I think that Reese had Reese had got um Reese Boxwood did. And um they're coming in hot. I'm looking at it, so I'm like, oh my God, they're they're gonna come right next to the hell and the blazer spinning, you know. So I kind of walked out and I they barely missed me i'm at the edge of the rotor you know on the side so they almost hit the rotors like it was almost like they're gonna drive in i heard they were thinking drive up right to the helicopter i'm like dude it had to be like three feet they missed this turned up helicopter i'm like <laughs> you know so i was like holy shit you know and um it was just crazy dude it's just any kind of flood ops like the katrinas and stuff like it's a lot of work but it's it's rewarding work because it's you just it's non-stop you know so but uh yeah, it was a good time in Houston. I had a great unit there, man. We made Coast Guard jackass. Did you ever hear that? Was that uh, you guys? Was that your unit that did that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. You ever heard of that? It was crazy. So, dude. Hey, so. you know, everybody hears it through the grapevine, but uh, <laughs> now that I have you here, I get to hear it firsthand. Yes. Oh, my God, dude. So they're like, hey, destroy these computer things. You know, we got to just everything in the Coast Guard, got to destroy the computers. They want it destroyed before you throw it out, you know? So we're like, okay, well, we'll just hit it with a mule. Then it turns into let's hit it with a mule as it's being thrown off a roof from the hangar at a high rate of speed on the mule. But we better put a helmet on because we're going to get, you know, we're going to get, uh, 
you know, we don't want to get hurt, you know? And dude, we had to start a race. Oh my God. It was just, there's so much antics that go on behind the scenes. I think for our mental health, I don't think we're doing it because we just want to, it's bonding with each other, but it was when Jackass came out. So everything Jackass was doing, we're like, we'll tow a, we'll tow a check stand that was out back with a mule with all of us on it, but we better put our helmets on, you know? And, um, some guys got in trouble for that. I think Josh Barnes got in some trouble. I was in Cape Cod, so I had some good cover. Um, I got pulled into a Mashie's office. And Amatrudo, Jeff Amatrudo's like, I saved your career. I'm like, you know, you're sent glass in the Mashie's office. Command CMC. I'm like, what, what are you talking about, Mashie's? He's like, I saved your career. I'm like, that's how Jeff Amatrudo was not this high. But yeah, he just, sure. just had this, you, you know, you're like, this guy's like, Mashie's like next to God, you know? And he's like, he's like, Morsi? You owe me one. And I'm like, okay, Mash Chief, what's up? He's like, uh, he's like, what's this Coast Guard jackass? I'm like, oh, I don't know anything about that. He goes, <laughs> I can see you going across the hangar deck in your harness. So don't act like you don't know what's going on. I'm like, oh, I was just load testing my harness, Mash Chief. He goes, in your underoos? <laughs> you know, now you're not, because he's messing with you. You're not trying to laugh. I think Hoffmaster was in there with me. Hoff's like, like, we're like, am I getting booked? Like, what's going on? Am I going to go to the brig, you know? And he's just like, no, you're okay. I, I saved your ass, but don't let this happen again. I'm like, noted, you know, got out of there. But um, yeah, it was the Coast Guard jackass. It was kind of, I wish I could pull it back up. Once in a while, it'll surface and people get all, they think they're getting in trouble still. I'm like, that's so far. That's 25 years ago, man. Nobody's yeah. worried about that, you know? No. But Don't do it anymore. Guard. All right. Don't, don't do no. it anymore. <laughs> You dude, can't get away with it now. <laughs> dude, they would have put me under the jail and through the key. They would have buried me under the jail nowadays. I mean, these kids are they're held to a standard now that I mean we were we were cowboys, Quinn. Quinn, were we cowboys or not, man? Uh, you know what? There there might have been a couple things that we got away with. <laughs> oh my god, that we should not have. Oh my god. So that was I can neither confirm out. nor deny, Claude. <laughs> now, there's some other stuff that I could I could tell you about, like pictures of, of half. One guy's in Cape Cod that we did sent it out. Uh, there was some stuff that we, some practical jokes that went on that I was a part of that I'm very proud of, like the penis on the visor of Scott Holloway's. We'll helmet. get into that. And, we'll get into that. Oh. Wait, don't ruin that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you dropped it now, though. <laughs> We're not even in Cape Cod, dude. We haven't even hit your very first rescue. All right, so. Oh yeah, and I'm already, <laughs> I'm already trying to go to the brig. Um, yeah, we cow- I should have been. I should have been studying for a service ride, but I was trying to figure out how to be, how to be wild, you know. And uh, so, yeah, the first rescue. You want to hear about it? You want to hear? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. All right. All right. So, so Reese Boxwell, huge mentor in my life, really good friend. Um, he uh, takes me through it. You know, he takes me through the whole process. You know, gets me qualified, and I'm a model sixty five. It's it's June. Me and Reese are big dudes, and. Like we're doing like one hoist to get done, like one hoist a night. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. You know, you go out and do a hoist. Okay. Well, tomorrow night we'll do a direct. I'm like, Oh my God, this is terrible. Well, anyway, so, uh, Reese, um, huge him and Pip, all them guys, Ed Hanna getting me qualified. Just awesome guys. Um, my first night is a Friday night. Reese goes home and he says, I want the duty. I'm like, yes, I want the duty. My they got to sign my my letter, you know, I'm good to go. I want the duty, yes. So it was actually um Kima Boardwalk, two coasties that were boaties, jumped off the pier and swam across and they thought they drowned. And um, so 
these guys are drunk trying to press some girls who jumped off somehow they got they disappeared but they were fine you know so we go out we launch on them fly all night on them you know and uh they turn up at their house drunk you know so it's like oh they come to the air station like three months like three weeks later apologizing and i'm like oh i could see that happen to me very easily you know i wouldn't drown you know we're swimmers so these guys are all humble hey we're sorry we burned your jet fuel and everything else and uh but we had a um houston was very busy so that in that i think in that time we had a medevac the next day of just somebody like they dropped the basket picked them up and then we went to a this is all like friday night duty and then we went to a um crew boat that caught on fire and like they were gonna ban at 14 people i'm like oh my god and of course we get there there's a dive boat and another crew boat come next to them pull them all off i'm like son of a goddamn boats you know so and uh you know i got off duty and i was like man that, this is gonna be awesome so i'm, I'm gonna get in the water next cage you know so it took me two years from that point because everybody else is getting water cases like I think I got dental work one day and Mark Tipton got like an air metal or something because I had dental work. I had to go to the dentist. I'm like, I'll be back. And the dentist gave me Novocaine. So I come back. I'm like, I, I'm like drooling all over myself. Like, you can't stand duty like this. I'm like, I'm fine, you know? And, and like, uh, I think I was half high. And uh, he's like, I'll take your duty. And like, no lie, 10 minutes later, he goes out for a helicopter crash, you know, with, uh, you know, gets an air metal. I'm like, son of a bitch. So, <laughs> but you know, it, it was Houston. And then, yeah. um, so that led me to my first water case. And if you want me to talk about that, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but. So this, uh, this is actually pretty cool for me because not only did you earn yourself an award, which it was a. Um, achievement. Achievement, achievement. medal. So you earned, a, you earned an achievement medal, which I don't have <clears throat> because it's I all buried reply. in your butt. Yeah, whatever. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. But you and your crew uh you guys earned hold on the the coast guard foundation award uh for the eighth district in 2004 like that's awesome yeah and actually here it is ready air station houston it was a storm drenched morning on july 15 2003 when two shrimp fishermen from Houma, louisiana found their boat sinking five miles south of sabine pass jetties in sabine texas Lieutenant Brian Kostecki, Lieutenant Junior Graves, John Scott, Aviation Maintenance Technician, Second Class Aaron Nacholas Nacho, and Aviation Survival Technician, Third Class Claude Morrissey, launched in the pre-dawn hours into the onslaught of Tropical Storm Claudette to respond to a mayday call. Flying with 500-foot ceilings, half-mile visibility, and 50-knot winds, the crew encountered driving range and fierce winds during their search they spotted two fishermen in life jackets surrounded by fuel and tied off to a submerged 90-foot shrimp boat the crew realized the fishermen were in immediate danger due to the toxic fuels the close proximity of the rocks and crashing waves the coast guardsmen quickly maneuvered the aircraft in position and morrissey the rescue swimmer jumped into the water as strong currents repeatedly pulled the fishermen underwater, Morrissey realized the two fishermen were entangled in the lines of the sunken vessel. Morrissey repeatedly dove below the surface to cut the fishermen free using his survival knife. The crew then quickly swam for the rescue basket and was hoisted aboard the aircraft. Once the men were safely on board, the air crew 
flew the fisherman to St. Mary's Hospital in Beaumont, Texas, where they were treated for hypothermia. Bro, Bro that's cool. freaking awesome, Bro. dude. Yeah, You're diving was... underwater to cut guys free. What the? Well, you, you can't see nothing, right? So I'm like, I go to grab the one guy, and I'm like, well, wait, 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 wait. Let's yeah. back up, let's back up, because I like the whole story. So you yeah. got a tropical storm, Claudette, that's coming in, and you guys get launched out for this. Yep. Hurricane Claudette hits. We get launched out in the morning. And, you know, it's it's not bad, but it's, like, blowing good. I'm like, ah, this isn't going to be a little sporty for a 65, not a 60. Any other day in Kodiak, that would have been a Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like, that's just normal. You <laughs> totally. Know? Like, you know, like, your Kodiak's totally different, right? So, but Houston, it's a big deal. So you kind of jump out of the uh, – you know, you wake up, you get launched. And actually, I took Chris Monville's duty. I had something going on. So I took Chris Monville's duty the night before. Every spot told me, he goes, you want to take duty for Chris? I'm like, yeah, there's a hurricane coming. I might get some work, like, thinking, like, Inland Star. And um, so long, you know, we go out, we launch out, and we're going on the coast. It's it's buffer. You know, it's like 65s. They're not, like, 60s. They're not capable, like, 60s. But it, it was holding its own. It's a B model. And, um we're coming along the coast there and a couple of cars, if lower me down to see if people are in and, you know, it's just so powerful. The ways are, you know, just little like, like rollers are coming in and moving these cars. So I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm going to get crushed between a car and a fence. So anyway, nobody's in these cars. We go to the, go to these guys. And we, so we start making our search patterns because we can't find these guys at first. And all of a sudden we see them and they're between the jetties, but it's so flooded out because of storm surge. That they're right there. The boat ran over the jetties and sunk. So I don't know how the hell that happened, but it it ran over the jetties and sunk. And uh, these two guys are tied off to the boat. I guess it's in the middle of a channel now, and uh, and uh, they're tied off and they're bobbing and they're in their life vest. So they lower me down. I swim up to them and they're Vietnamese guys and they grab a hold of me. I'm like hugging my buddies here. I got these guys and I'm like, hey, how you like? Oh, we lost our dog. I'm like, well, I don't. I'm not worried about your dog. I feel bad, but you know, and uh, they're Vietnamese and a little bit of language barrier. So I'm like, I'm going to take you first. So I go to separate them. And I'm like, Ugh. Ugh. I'm trying to swim away from them. And I'm like, I'm like, he's like, we're tied off. I'm like, Oh shit. So of course, when they tied off, it's this huge, like, I just imagine how much they, they probably strung it this way and that way, this way. So I've got to do a spinal highway on these guys. Remember that, you know, you put your head oh, yeah. guys ass, you know, I didn't really do that. I just, kind of went I kind of grabbed the guy he's so light I'm so big you know I grabbed the guy get my knife out I cut one and I cut another one and the other guy starts floating away so I grabbed him so he's free I'm like I gotta take him first because somehow he's free in the boat so I grabbed him Bassett comes down you know and we're covered in diesel the boat's leaking diesel the whole time so the whole time my eyes are burning I'm like what is the smell he's like the boat's beneath us and I'm like and diesel is all you could just it's just you get diesel on you, it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to throw up, you know? And it's just, yeah. you know, you're in the waves and the diesel's all over you. You're like, oh, my God, I'm getting seasick here. Anyway, get the guy to the basket, get the next guy. I think we get a direct and the next guy, cut him free. But, you know, they got this line. Like, it looked like spaghetti when we got the helicopter because there's just all these lines hanging. Because they, they, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like, luckily we're going to kill this guy. I would have ripped him in half, you know? So get him to the basket, get there and go to the hospital. And my eyes are burning. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, 
she's trying to triage him, you know, and they're all excited. They're like, you came down to the sky like an angel. The guy kept saying, you're my angel. I'm like, if I'm an angel, we're in deep shit. You know what I mean? Maybe a hell's angel. You know, he's like, thank you, thank you. You know, and I'm like, okay. So we get to the, get to the hospital and, you know, land. It's always a production, right? And the nurses come out and um, I'm like, hey, I'm like, you guys have a way I can like, the nurses, I'm like, I, I can't really see that good. You know, the way I could just wash down real quick in a big sink or she was out of shower. So, you know, I was pretty fit back then, you know, not like I am now. And I'd start walking through the hospital and these guys get put in like triage and there's just three nurses following me. And they're like, we're going to go to the shower. And I'm like, I'm not thinking. And I'm so I get in a shower and I'm like washing my head face. And I'm, I'm like, got soap. And their hand, like four hands come in and hand me soap. And I'm finally starting, it's some blurry, you know. And uh, there's these nurse, she goes, are you going to take, they go, are you going to get naked? And pretty much, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, they got an audience. These women are trying to help me. Like, their hands are washing me down. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble with my old lady. I'm like, I got to get the hell out of here. So I'm like all freaked out because there's like three nurses. They want me to like strip down. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, no, I'm just going to wash off and go, you know? Like, this is like some kind of porn being made. I'm like, no way, dude. So they're like, you can oh take your God. clothes off if you want. I'm like, no, I'm like, I gotta go. So, you know, so I'm like so embarrassed, you know, because I'm not ready for that, you know. And these and then, you know, they weren't bad looking nurses, but I'm like, you're older. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not getting naked in front of these ladies. Like, you should really they're like one girl's like, you should really take that stuff off so you get that diesel off you. I'm like, no, I'm gonna go. So I run out of there like a little like I was scared, you know. They probably would have broke me. If I was single, it would have been game on, but helicopters all turned up and I'm making porno down there. No, it was it was kind of cool, man. Because you're just so popular when you go to the hospitals. You know, the whole place stops. Oh my god. You know, every hospital you go to to see a helicopter, they think you're like this this just awesome, you know, they think you're superheroes, you know. And um, it's just fun, you know. But um, so we fly back and that's my first case. And uh, the pilots are making fun of me, you know, because I'm like, you know, I'm telling the story about it. they're like, only you could wind up having us sitting up here and you're down there bullshitting away. Jeff coffee wear down or two. And, you know, so it was just a lot of fun, you know, a lot of fun. But uh, Nacho was my flight man. And uh, he missed. He was the guy that was cleaning the rotor head. And he lost a finger, lost the tip of his finger. Did you ever hear that story? 65 no, they pulled it. They pull a pin out of 65 and they, he, he put his finger in and they, somebody, the, the head turned and he lost his part. So they call him Nacho. And it's like Nacho. And uh, <laughs> you ever see in the, in the, in the doors of the 65, it says Nacho sucks. And uh, he's just a great guy. You know, he's just one of them guys. He's just super good flight mechanic. A lot of fun to be around. And uh, I still hit him up to this day. He's just good shit, you know, so. Good flight mechanic. Had a lot of fun with him. Had a lot of cases with Nacho, man. A lot of cases. Lots and lots of fun. So, small like unit, you know, like one, humble. That one being your very first water rescue. Uh, oh, man. It was yeah, freaking it was hilarious. Cool. Yeah, it was awesome, dude. It was way well awesome. done. So, well done. Yeah. You and the crew. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So, um, how did you guys uh, end up? You get a, you You earned the award for the Foundation Award or you were nominated? Or both. We got nom. We got. We earned it. And um, oh, good for Noodles you guys. was over there. Nettles was over there too. They did a double crew for New Orleans and us. And um, we both went over there and went to a dinner, fancy dinner with the wife. And you know, it was kind of cool in New Orleans. So yeah, it was uh, just a good. It was Houston was a lot of fun, man. A lot of SAR, a lot of fun. Small shop, plenty of SAR. 
Lots of metamask. That's so funny. Um, so there's yeah. actually, there's two more I want to talk about uh, while you were in Houston, because as we go through the list of rescues that you had down there, um, two of them that stand out to you that, that we talked about was you had people in the water that were swingers. What? Oh, so <laughs> typical, <laughs> typical Sunday duty. Ready for this? Typical yeah. Sunday duty. Typical Sunday duty in Houston. Um, you know, we get launched out eight o'clock at night for overdue vessel, kind of dark. I'm in a gym working out. I'm like, oh man, it's going to be a long night. So go out there, um, Captain Carabine, Tim Borelli, uh, Josh Schiffer, and me, and uh, all great crew. And she's the air station CEO at Elizabeth City, uh, Captain Carabine now. And uh, she actually found these people. Like you always say, it was the last leg of our last search and all that stuff. It, it was like our last bag. We're like, it was on coin and mayday. We got called out for, and we searched two bags. This is our third bag. And we're like, we're going to go out. We're going to spend this bag. And we're going to go home. And dude, no lie. Like, she's like, I, we're flying two of the search patterns. She's like, I see something down there. I think it's a dolphin. And Tim Morelli, great pilot. He's like, let's go look. And so we kind of go back around. We make like three approaches looking for this thing she said it was. And um, she saved them people that night by her. She's like, no, I saw something. And he's like, well, he's like, she's like, let's just go look. Let's just do one more approach. Go back around. It's hot as hell. We have a full bag of gas. Go look. And there's these four people on the bow of this like um, Boston whaler, I'd say, you know, that's sticking up like an iceberg. We're like, oh my God, Josh Shipley's on the floor. He goes, there's people down there. I'm like, Oh my God, I woke up, you know, I'm throwing my stuff on, you know, because we're in our third approach. I'm pulling off my ass, you know. So I throw my fins on, you know, they lower me down, swim up to the thing. And before I got there, you know, I'm coming up and I'm like, because they're all on top of this boat, they're all hanging on and they're slipping off and stuff. This girl jumps on me. So she jumps on me and she jumped on me and she spun. So I'm holding her sideways, but my hands are on her breasts. I'm like, oh my God, my hands are on her breasts. So I move my other hand, it's on her other breast. And I go like that. I'm like, this is like, so I, I get in her cross chest. I'm like, man, I'm like, you know, I'm like basically feeling this woman up because she's jumping on me, you know? And I don't want to drown her, you know? We're going to go underneath to a, you know, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to keep spinning around until she calms down. So she gets her arm, somehow she, I'm in a cross chest, but she's got her arm around my neck and I get her back to the boat, put her on like the top of the boat. I'm like, okay. And she's like, we've been out here for four hours. We want out of here. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to call the helicopter. We're going to figure this out because it's 47 at a, um, one of the Porter, whatever it was coming out of, comes, you know, they're like five minutes away. So, you know, we're in like probably six foot seas, you know, it just swells, not, it's just really weird, you know, and it's just like they're bobbing, they're had enough. One guy can't swim. So, well, I put her back on the boat. I'm like calling the helicopter. And all of a sudden she jumps on me again. So now she's hanging on my back. I'm like, all right, she's on my back. I'm big enough. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm talking to the boat. So the 47 comes in like super fast. So cool, man, at night comes in. You just see the, the wake, you know, they come up, they like get like maybe like 20 yards away. And it just, you know, the boat just comes down, it comes back up. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, just seeing this boat come in like this, you know? And they're like yelling, okay, what do you need? I'm like, they're like, do you need a line? I'm like, no, I'm a freaking rescue swimmer. I'll swim them over. So I grab the, grab the woman, take her over, go grab the, you know, one guy goes, I can't swim. I'm like, well, I got you, you know? So he jumps on me and I'm feeling his titties. You know what I mean? I'm like, God, what's everybody? So, you know, cause you're trying to figure out how to put them, you know, cause you're not scared. 
you know, and you're like a big dude. So I grab him, throw him on the boat. Next guy, I'm same thing. And the owners and the finally the captain was his wife. Get to the boat and the boat's rocking. It's like eight, 10 foot seas. So I'm like, I'm getting seasick. I'm getting the hell out of here. You know, so I get in the 47, go in the gunnel, get my fins off, you know, say, hey, you know, thanks for flying the Coast Guard. She goes, I'll bake you cookies. To the woman, I want your address. You can bake your cookies. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cook comes down, make my dramatic departure, you know, and, uh, you know, it's always dramatic, you know, go back. We're all high five. It's one of my favorites, other. dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, it was a pretty cool case, you know, and we go practice as a crew to the Dixie Diner. It was just awesome, man. We just, just really had some, like, really bonded with the crew, saved some lives. And I was like, man, Miss, Miss Carabine really saved us. And she was a uh, lieutenant at the time. She was just really good person. And she's a CEO now, so, of the air station. So she's actually kind of lives down the street from me. But um, long story short, um. Nope, nope. Long story yeah. long. Long story yeah, long. long story I long. like, come on, so, don't don't be don't be so, so, so all of a sudden, like six months later, I got somebody that wants to meet you. And I'm like, What? He's like, I got somebody that wants to meet you. He's like, Come on over to the house. I'm like, Ah, I'm not coming to the house because they're swingers Saturday night. I'm like, there's uh, my wife won't appreciate this. So he's like, Well, you pulled some people out of the out of the, out of the ocean, and they're at the club with me. I'm like, what club are you at, Bobby? He goes, yeah, the swing club, the swing, whatever it was, club, couples romance, whatever the hell the place was. I'm like, well, I'm not going there if I want to save my marriage, you know. So, and if I want to stay married. So, anyway, I come out. They somehow I'm on duty one day, and he comes up to the air station with them, and I meet them, and they're like, you know, they're just swingers, you know. So I'm like. So I go to Bobby, go, Bobby, what's the story? Go, oh, yeah, they're swingers, they're hardcore swingers. I'm like, oh, I don't want to know. You know, I'm like saying my prayers and Catholic and doing, you know, praying. But um, yeah, they were, they were, they're like, they remembered me. And she's like, she's a good looking woman. I'm like, man, I'm like, Bobby, you're like, it was just, it was just funny because it's such a small world. You know, you save somebody and he's like, I'm a rescue swimmer in a coast guard. I was like, oh, rescue swimmer, they saved us. And, you know, it was just funny to see how the connection was made. You know, it's such a small, it's Houston's a huge city. How could that possibly happen? You know, and, oh you know, there's only like maybe 20 of us that live there, you know, and he's got, he's basically swinging with this lady and her husband, thanks to me. You know, <laughs> sorry, but, you know, small story. But um, oh they came gosh. to the air station, showed them the helicopter, and they were all like super grateful. But that's as far as it went. Back in, if I was, 20 years younger, it would have been a whole different story. But, you know, I'm sure the Coast Guard doesn't want to have anything like that. But I always try to connect with the survivors at the end of it because, like, to us, it's every day. But to them, it's a life. Like, we saved their life. Like, as a crew, we say, I mean, think about that. People are, like, in the lost, like, in the basket. The first person they're going to see when they're safe is that flight mechanic. You know, they're, like, looking, you know, that flight mechanic's looking down. And they're coming with the basket. And they're, like, oh, my God, I'm safe, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. It's just, just a huge huge thing you know for me to see to save somebody's life and we just think of it as being a job and it's really not you know it's it's awesome you know so anyway Bro, that's that was that that was that <laughs> that was cool that was way cool you know so All probably right, you're right. pulling some poon tank for me you know <laughs> <laughs> did he thank but, you i mean did he at least thank oh, you for cool. it? yeah yeah oh yeah, okay okay really just yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you bye. well done bobby <laughs> Somebody right, dude. Let me let me go to one more uh, because it's the last memorable one that you have out of Houston, out of sorry, out of Houston, and 
helicopter crash with sharks under the raft and a 40 foot so, free fall what so dude it's friday after this is all like like summer of 0405 hurricane um ivan came through it was just crazy amount of sar like it just you know i didn't get any cases water case for two years and all of a sudden i was like man i'm i'm not getting tired of this but like you know like this is just nuts it's just one water case after another water case you know like getting the water for this getting water for that so get called out for a helicopter crash you know we work rigs so that you know little four like bell bell jet rangers they come to the edge they hop to the edge and they fall off and they take off well the guy fell off and he kept falling so he hit the water like <laughs> three people in there it was him and three guys two or three guys mechanics and so we get called out 47s get launched out of um i don't know where it was out of but was south of Houston and uh we get out there and we see the life raft right away right so like, oh shit there's a life raft like they're like okay we're super heavy we're just gonna come to a low like a low air hover and we're just gonna you know gonna jump out okay so it's not a low air hover it was like they come in it was super hot during the day mid-afternoon no air in a b model 65 and all of a sudden it's like you know I'm waiting you know I got the tap what's it yeah, it's a tap across the chest, throw the counters ball back. And then it was like tap across the chest and just the guy pushed me. And I'm like, you know, 40 feet, I'm falling out of his helicopter. And I just, I hit the water and I'm like, my fin actually went up, came off and came, I had the strap around my ankle and I'm like, came up with my foot. So I'm putting my fin back together. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, that was like 40 feet and 80 knots. It felt like, you know, just big ball of shit falling out of the helicopter. But, so come up to the raft and uh, the 65 is looking for the pilot because we're missing we're missing one guy so pretty soon they're like they come back over and they're like i'm at the edge of the raft these guys broke their backs when they landed so they're sitting on the edge of the raft and they're like don't move the raft i'm like it's a fucking sea state what do you mean i'm like all right i'm gonna hang out outside the raft so i'm talking to these two or three guys and they're like we're banged up pretty bad. Our backs are broke. I, I guess I know my back's broke. Okay, so I'm not going to get in the raft and like start triage. I'm at the edge. I'm talking to him. All of a sudden, 65 comes up to where he goes, uh, hey, you've got a large tiger shark underneath you. Two of them. Oh, my so God. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? So I look down. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, in a raft. Like, <laughs> just like, like I had a spring on my ass, dude. Like I sprung up out of the water of the guy and I hit the guy with my fin getting in. I'm like, dude, there's fucking sharks down there. He goes, yeah, we know there's sharks. I'm like, you think you'd tell me, you know what I mean? And these things, they're probably only this big dude, but it was still a shark underneath me, you know what I mean? So, you know, so enough for the helicopter to see. So the 47 no. comes up. I'm like, 47 motor light boat comes up again. They come in dramatically, you know, cut their engines. They come like right up. I'm like, you got to come right to us. I'm like, I'm not getting in the water. <laughs> like, you think you're still there, you know? And I'm looking down. I'm like, we're like, no, you got to swim to us. I'm like, there's a fucking, I'm like, there's a shark, you know? And they're like, I'm like, big shark. The hands are like, that. big yeah. shark. <laughs> so I'm like, finally they get next to us. I'm like, there's a fucking shark under here, dude. And they're like, and I think it was gone by then. But they're like, and the helicopter goes, okay. Get. So they found the pilot. They hoist the pilot up in a helicopter. So we're like, okay, what are we going to do? It's like, they're like, we're going to ride these survivors back in. You guys take the pilot. So the pilot had jumped out of the raft to go make a rig and he couldn't get to it. They dropped the basket, picked him up. 
I jump in the water. I'm looking for sharks, looking for sharks. So the hook comes at me. They're hitting me with the head. I'm, I'm still trying to look for sharks. And Flint McCann's got the strop and he's hitting me. So I hook up and I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm not scared of sharks. I don't want to get eaten though either. You know, I'm not going to attempt it, you know. So they bring me back up to the helicopter and this guy's sitting in the back of my seat. So I get in the back. I'm, I'm like, oh man, there were some big, yeah, we saw them. There were some big sharks. The pilot says, Mr. Jarrell. And uh, we go to the airport and land the pilot the pilot of the helicopter is with us and he's like i gotta go to the bathroom i'm like i don't know where you're gonna go I'm like, we're in a helicopter he knows he's like he's like i gotta go to the bathroom i'm like we're almost there so we land at Brazoria county airport there's news crew there the guy gets out like goes to the edge of the helicopter and just starts diarrhea and just shitting on the ramp i'm like <laughs> i'm looking out the window i'm like and I see the news crew, and they're filming this guy like blowing it out of his ass. And I'm like, I'm like, sir. And I start giggling. I'm like, he doesn't see there's a news crew there filming this. And he's like, what's he doing? I'm like, he's shitting. He goes, stop him. I go, stop him. <laughs> you know, we're on ICS. I'm like, what do you want me to do? And the guy is just, guy is just blowing it up. You know, it's just like if I can see it, it's gross, but it's like shooting out of his ass. I'm like. I can't make this stuff up. And the news crew's filming. And I look at them and I go, the flight mechanic, I get in the door, I go, and they go, and the lady's like, and they're like horrified because like, I guess you got a bunch of salt water. You had to take a shit and it just blew out his ass. You know, he's finishing up. And I'm, I point to him. I go, look, and he's a news crew. And he goes, he was like, he turned white. I thought he went to shock. You know what I mean? I thought he was going to fall over. So that was a funny story. And we talked to the guys. Like, yeah, I tried to hop it off the edge and I fell. I'm like, yeah, now you're here shit in front of the news crew, you know? And, you know, because everywhere in case, they want that news footage, you know? And yeah. uh, it's just it's just funny shit. And I'm like, they can just think it's six o'clock news. It's going to be 65. This guy's just blowing it out of his ass right here. Shit all over the rim. It stunk so bad. You get out and you're like, oh, like right here in baggage. I'm like, oh, the world, you know? So, but um, yeah, oh, so that was gosh. it, man. But, uh, Houston was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Holy so. cow, Claude. That's freaking hilarious. Oh, <laughs> man. Just shit everywhere. Oh, Story of my gosh. life. Not in a, I hate shit in a helicopter, but ugh. So, because oh, everybody starts throwing up, throwing up. Everybody throws up. Yeah. You know? yeah. Get it. Get it once or twice. Yeah. Like, oh. oh. And it's worse when yeah. they miss. Like you'll hand them a bag or something, and then they'll miss the I, bag, I'll and then just up, and you're yeah. like, oh man, come on. I had, I had a couple times. I just threw up in a pilot's helmet bag in the back, and I put it back there. Like they'll find it like a week later. Like my helmet bag stinks. I'm like, yeah, I threw up in it. They're like, I'm like, your shitty ass flying's got me throwing up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, because you know, you had all the bags in it. 65. A lot of times, just put, blah, and then you know, I probably got airsick a couple times, but you know, so. I was notorious for that. So oh I had gosh, a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun, Quinny. Had a lot of fun. Dude, yeah. so funny. So funny. All right. Let me let me take us up to or yeah, up to Cape Cod. So after Houston, back you go to, to Cape. Cape Cod. Oh, back to the Cape. Sorry, back to the Cape. We're gonna divert real quick to thank our sponsors. Breeze Eastern, the world's only dedicated helicopter hoist and winch provider. No, no, no. Oh, I would say back on the Cape. No. Everybody says back on the Cape, you know. Back, back on the, the Cape. Oh, oh, yeah. Back yeah. on the Cape. On the Cape. Yeah. So those of us that are from New England, we just call it the Cape. Oh, I'm going to the Cape. But we have to emphasize Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Yeah. The little hook. <laughs> the hook. So you leave Houston. 
you go up to Cape Cod and while you're there, you end up having um, a, a couple of great rescues up there, but you went down to Hurricane Katrina. Did you go to yeah. Katrina right like as soon as you got up there or? So I, you... I checked in, left Houston okay. late, um, late transfer because I had a lot of non-quals coming in and went to uh, went to Katrina. Um, just went to Athens and Katrina. So nothing, stood some duty in New Orleans, did a couple rooftop, you know, pulling some dead bodies up, delivering some water. Uh, we took some, so it's my first experience with 60, right? So I get to Cape Cod, get a familiar flight. Hey, you're going to Katrina. Fly down to Katrina in a Falcon, right? Uh, on a 60 out of Mobile. First day in the 60, and this thing's a beast, right? So like uh, Vinny Vaness was the pilot. Did two days in this, two or three days in the 60. Did a, I think we pulled one or two people from different places, a couple of meta, meta somebody from the hospital. Long story short, this guy. Nope, nope man, you got Hey, so, everybody that long. comes on here, hey, make long story long. This is the only opportunity yeah. that somebody will tell you make a long story long. Come on. Long I got you, long. man. So we're flying 10 hours. We got, you know, we're flying 10 hours, 12 hour days, whatever it was. And um, I'm in a 60. So we're, we're doing, I've never been in a 60 before besides the Ahars, you know? This thing's a beast, you know. We're in the heat; it's doing what it wants. I'm just 65, so I'm like, so we got to get this, we got to get this water to this Polish tanker. So they throw a whole pallet, like a whole pallet of water bottles, to this Polish tanker that's anchored. So I'm like, hey, we're gonna go out, we're gonna put this pallet in, and we're gonna, you know, take off. I'm like, you're gonna take off with all this water, and it's it's a ton, one ton. It's you know, it's two thousand pounds. In the cabin, they're like, yeah, we, we can do this all day long. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. We're going to crash, you know. They can <laughs> come out to a hover. Thing takes off, go to this Polish tanker, drop me down. I'm going to take the basket. I'm going to take the water out of the basket. So, well, you load water in it, you're breaking. So, it's like I'm on this big old deck, and I get lower down. They'll forget and never unraise the water wash, the rotor wash. So, I get down to the deck. I disconnect. I don't take a knee like I should on a you know, 65. I'm going to take a knee. I get blown off, dude. I am like sliding towards the end. I'm tissues blowing me towards the end into the Mississippi River. I'm like, I'm gonna get killed over rotor wash because it took me off my feet. I laid on my ass and I'm getting pushed. I'm like, this thing's a beast. So I'm like, oh my God, talk about, you know, talk about like like trial by fire with rotor wash. You know, it's fine to have any rotor wash like that. So the water cases start coming down. And they're like in this little gunnel, like there's like the deck and there's like this thing where these guys are at. So I'm just sliding the cases and it's like a video game. So I throw a case and one guy would pop up and grab it. Another guy would pop up and grab it. And this is going on. It's funny. Cases come down. So these water bottles land and they explode. So I'm throwing them at these guys. And I'm trying to hit them in the head at this point. So they're like, they're like dodging. I throw one. I was like, having fun, you know? So, but. So that was the thing. And then he's like, hey, we're going to go to 270 and get a kid off of 270. He got sick or something like that. So we had to go out to a 270. Well, this guy, they're waiting to do the deck, you know, land us on the deck. Vinny Vaness is taking his helicopter and he's doing circles. Like he's doing like circles around the ship, taking a tailwind. I'm like, oh my God. Like it was my first experience to a 60. Like this thing is like God's chariot. That's what I call it because it's just, so beastly, so much power, so capable. And I'm like, I'm going to enjoy the next 40 years, you know? And uh, uh -huh. I love the age 60. I love the age 60, man. Um, not saying your goose is not a bad little ride, but the 60 is just big, you know? Oh, I love the 60, powerful. man. 
So yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really do a lot in Katrina. Um, had a lot of good times, did some duty in New Orleans, but I was at the end. Um, everybody got an award at Katrina, no matter what it was. I got an achievement medal, but it's nothing really. <clears throat> I didn't really do any dramatic rooftop rescue, so still cool to go. Say I've been there, you know. And right uh, that's it, though. But uh, man, that's good for you. Is, like I said, I, I've not, I didn't go, so you guys, you guys have tough. all the fun. It was tough. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it was cool. It was cool, but you know, so. Right but on. um. Yeah. All so right. So let me get there. let me go to a couple more. So you have uh you earned a Sikorsky award. Uh you actually earned two of them. I know one of them you got up in Alaska, but the other one you got in Cape Cod. And it was for a a, a boat sinking or a sunken boat. Yeah. So um Friday night duty, right? Friday night duty, long story Friday long. Friday night duty. Um, Friday night duty. Friday thank night you, duty. thank you. I love yeah. that. So, so long story long. Uh in a shop, Cape Cod, got qualified. Yeah, I was just qualified at the time. Uh, relatively quick. You know, I gave the guys a bunch of beer on night check. I'm like, hey, I need this thing signed off. This guy, Brandon Smith, and came in with like four cases of beer in my arm. I'm like, I need to get qualified. Okay, we'll get you qualified. And like four nights later, I mean, they worked me through the post flight, but you kind of know, you know, and uh, just got qualified pretty quick and then standing duty. And, um, you know, long story long on Friday night, you know, we're going to, you know, get a call about nine o'clock at night. Hey, we got a boat sunk up. I think it was north, south of Maine, just off New Hampshire, Maine coast up there. Um, lobster boat sank. So, you know, we're going up there and I'm like, we're not going to get in the water. You know, it's no way. I just got here, you know. And so it's a dark night, you know, dark and stormy now. It wasn't that bad. Probably like typical North Atlantic, you know, in October. Rollers, but nothing to write home about. So, get up there there's a life raft I'm, like, I'm gonna actually get in the water here this is crazy so you know deploy down to the thing and i always said to the, you know they're in their emergency suits you know so go up to the edge of the raft pop in the raft and they're like guys like captain rotor the helicopter's behind us and just like just you know just making a lot of noise you know because they're ready to hoist you know and um, I'm like, ask grass or gas, how are you paying for this? And the guy goes, what? I'm like, ask grass or gas, how are you paying for this? I take credit card. He's like, I'm like, I'm kidding. Come on, man. Anybody hurt? You know? So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, he was going to give me a credit card. Like he was legitimately giving me a credit card. So. Oh my God, so, that's uh, great. I'm like, everybody okay, Cap? He's like, everybody's okay. We just want to get out of here. Boat sank. I'm like, what happened? He goes, I don't know. You know, so I'm okay. So put these guys, you know, swim them in a basket, you know. Get, get the life raft from the basket, go back. It wasn't like trailing or anything major, just your typical like multi in the pool, you know? So get back to the helicopter and one guy's drinking beer. He's like, he's like, want a beer? I'm like, no. <laughs> he's like, like, he's like, and he's like, he's like this. He's like, you know, and like one go down and then like digging around his, his emergency suit, one comes out. He's like, the guy had like a 12 pack in there, you know? So get to the airport, he's dumping this swaddle suit out and it's like all these beer cans are falling out. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, sir, you want a beer? He's like, he's like, no, I don't want to be, you know what I mean? But it was just funny. He said the pilot's like, he was drinking beer. I'm like, yeah, what do you want me to do? Stop him? Like I'm going to stop from drinking beer, but typical guy from, you know, probably Gloucester or something like that, you know, like, you know, you're not going to argue with a fisherman. Hey, thanks Coast Guard, you know? And, uh, Dude, that was so much fun, dude. That was it was just oh my first my case. You know, ch- you know, your cherries pop for the sixty. You know, you're you're becoming a swimmer now. You know, you got multiple, you know, multiple rescues on multiple airplanes. So I felt yeah, really good buddy. about it. You know. So, oh, that's so cool. So, yeah. So, 
Holy so, cow. Yeah, man. All right. So now cool. let me go to another one that you had up in Cape Cod. And I'm going to bring this over here because you earned yourself an air medal, which convenient enough, you also noted that was uh, 20 miles further away than Scott Holloway's air medal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> further offshore. So you're, you're just a little bit further <laughs> offshore. I, by 20 I love miles. It, love but he'll say he has two air. He'll say he has two air medals, but I'm like, I still was further offshore by 20 miles. And every time I talk to him, like it's he. I talked to him this week. He's like, because I saw him just come on your podcast. He's like, oh yeah, I had a good time. I'm like, I'm gonna bring up that I was further offshore than you. He goes, every time I talk to you, it's it's 10 miles. He goes, you're gonna be in you're gonna be in Portugal by the time you're done with this, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, a lot of good bad oh I mean, I had some good mentors in, in uh, as a setting class. You had to be tough to be in Cape Cod. You had to be a man's man because they would, if they saw any like chink in your armor, you're going to get hammered, man. Them guys were just practical jokes out the yin yang. It was just, anyway, I can tell you all about them guys. You had to be, you had to be strong physically and mentally tough to be stationed in Cape Cod. So I'll tell you what, let's touch on that in one second. Let me, let me get into this rescue because this is freaking amazing, dude. So here it is. Citation to accompany the award of the Air Medal to AST-1, Claude M. Morrissey, United States Coast Guard. Pastor Morrissey is cited for meritorious achievement in aerial flight while serving as rescue swimmer aboard Coast Guard Air Station Cape Cod Helicopter 6004 on 2nd of July, 2008. Approximately 0300, as in 3 o'clock in the morning. The sailing vessel Avra hailed for an emergency assistance when a 55-year-old female Passenger was critically injured in rough seas with a severe head trauma and life-threatening brain hemorrhaging. Located 245 nautical miles southeast of Air Station Cape Cod, the 40-foot sailing vessel was at the extreme edge of the Coast Guard helicopter's fuel endurance and required prompt and precise mission execution under significant time constraints to navigate through the intense thunderstorms while en route to the rescue. Shortly after arriving on scene, the Coast Guard helicopter faced tumultuous 12 to 15 foot seas, which combined with the rotor wash caused the 65 foot high mast to sway violently and unpredictable in the massive swells. Quickly assessing the situation, Pedersen Morrissey recommended a trail line deployment to the sailing vessel to limit the possibility of entanglement. Without hesitation, Pedersen Morrissey bravely deployed from the helicopter, trusting the untrained crew of the sailing vessel to guide him through the narrow clearing of the rigging to the confined deck below. Without warning, a wave caused the sailing vessel to pitch abruptly, slamming Pedersen Morrissey against the side of the vessel. Once on deck, he immediately prepared to receive the rescue litter, only to be thrown five feet into his back by yet another unexpected swell. Displaying selfless determination, he picked himself up, wrestled the litter to the deck, and immediately focused on the welfare of his patient. Realizing time was critical and the injured passenger's medical condition was fragile, he carefully placed her onto a full backboard with C-spine protection and assisted her recovery from the vessel all in less than 10 minutes. Struggling through personal injury, fatigue, incapacitating seasickness, Pedersen Morrissey willingly entered the turbulent sea 
to expedite his own recovery and ensure the helicopter crew's safety. Tadasa Morrissey's heroic actions and skills were instrumental in the life-saving long-range medical evacuation of this critically injured crew member. His courage, judgment, and devotion to duty are most heartily commended in keeping with the highest traditions of the United States Coast Guard. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I freaking I love never, this stuff, dude. I, I never heard somebody read. I never read that. You know, you get an award, and I'm like, I never like dwell on it. I just like grab it when they're reading it. You're like up there in front of everybody. You're like, I hope I, my zipper's up. Like, you're in front of like all hands. You're like, is my gig line straight? Is my kitty sweating? You know, I have kitty sweat, anything like that. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm like always nervous. So you never really hear it. Then you take the award, and it's usually in front of your family, so everybody's hugging you. You never really read it again. So that's the first time I really read it. I'm like, I'm like, that kind of sums it up, you know? Um, so, you know, we get launched out early in the morning, you know, Quinny, long story longer. You know, the yeah, longest yeah, story yeah. Ever 3 a.m., dude, yeah. 3 a.m. Yeah, I, I know at this point you're like snuggled up in your cool pillow, little drools yeah, coming yeah, out. Oh, you're like, oh, just, oh, oh yeah. what, the, yeah. what the hell? What is that? What is that noise? Turn it off. Uh, oh, God. You know, you just wake up and you're, you are got to be in a dry suit in June, so you're sweating your dick off, you know, and you're like, oh, my God, it's humid out, you know. So it's July, so you got to wear a dry suit, you know, so get out to, um, you know, wake up, go to Nantucket, top off, because you got to get 20 miles for us in Holloway. It's got to be 20 miles. There's 250, I'm 270, you know? So we got to have an extra uh. fuel. And, uh, you know, we get out there. It's a, it's a regatta that goes out of New... I think I think out of Newport, Rhode Island every year. And it's just these ultra-rich people that just, just kill it, you know? They just make a ton of money. Um, make a ton of money. They go spend the money sailing. Nicest people in the world, but so we get there, get offshore, you know, get, you know, I'm like, oh man, this is kind of sporty out here. This is a little ass boat, you know? So go to get lowered down by a trail line, you get the trail line delivery of us, you know? So we got the weak link in front of you and they're, these people are pulling you, but they're not really pulling you. Cause it's like, you know, Jerry Tom's a flight mech and I'm going way back and then I'm coming yeah. way in, I'm going way back and they're trying to reel me in like a big old, you know, tuna. So <laughs> I finally get down there. I'm like, oh, this ain't bad. And then all of a sudden the boat drops off. I fall backwards as I'm getting off the hook, hook takes off. I fall on these jerry cans of diesel. So I'm so fat, right? I'm so fat and like, like it's like Tommy boy just wrecking this boat. Like a big old, you know, like, like just rolling over the boat. I fall back in the diesel. These cans open up and pour diesel all over me. I don't know what it is with me and diesel. It's like, so I open these jerry cans up. The guy's trying to screw the lids back down. I was like, you're wrecking my boat. I grab the one hand rail, it rips off. I'm like, Oh my God, this is horrible. I'm like, I'm like, how are these people staying still? Well, they're all tethered in with their little, you know, on sailboats, they clip in. Like, I'm not clipped in. I'm just, I'm rolling around this boat like a, you know, 300 pound bowling ball, wrecking everything, you know? So she, she comes out of the bottom. Finally, I get my composure. I'm like, oh my God, I just destroyed this boat. And the guy's like, oh, don't worry about it, you know? So she comes out. She's got, they duct tape this woman's hair. So it looked like a football helmet of duct tape. I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna assess the wound because she had scalped, she had fallen back and she actually ripped the top of her head or scalped it. So her whole hair came back, they said, that it came forward. So I'm like, oh my oh, God. So I'm like, but they had duct taped this bitch. I'm like, they duct taped the whole, her whole head was nothing but duct tape under her eyes. I'm like, well, I'm not pulling the duct tape off, right? So it's not bleeding. So I'm like, call for the litter, litter comes down. I'll put a C collar on her, you know, cause that's all you're really gonna do, right? And uh, 
you know, I put the litter down, the litter's destroying stuff because it's a small sailboat. So it's dinging the deck. I'm like, this guy's going to, I'm like, I'm worried about a lawsuit at this point. Like I'm destroying this boat, you know, <laughs> get the lady in. She takes off a trail up to the trail and I'll get her back in. They're like, hey, jump off. So I jump off the side, didn't have my fins. You know, I don't know why I didn't have my fins. It was just, I, I don't know. I just wasn't thinking that morning, you know? So jump off the side. And then Jerry Chom is a flight man. And he can't see shit. He's an Asian. So, you know, he's trying to, <laughs> he's trying to bring the strop to me and it's not coming. And now the boat's getting farther and farther away. There's a C-130 above us. I'm like, I'm going to get left out here. Cause it's like going 10 minutes trying to get me to, to keep overshooting me, you know? And, uh, Finally, I get the get the strap, get hooked up. I'm super seasick of it on that boat. Get back to the helicopter, and the lady's in there, and the corpsman's. Thank God we had a corpsman. So I go back to my seat, and I'm just like, oh my god, you know, whose flight bag is this? I don't care. I threw up in the guy's flight bag. I think it was Mr. Atkins. Zip it back up. I'm like, oh, this is terrible, you know. And uh, oh my you know, god, dude. so the so it's just you know, you're just on this lady's boat. I'm I'm basically so you know, I'm so. I'm like, I'm going to get sued because I really did a lot of damage to that boat. I ruined all their diesel, you know, the rigging's half ripped off where I grabbed shit, you know, I'm like, well, it's not my fault, you know? So, you know, fly back in and um, just, you know, just a cool case, you know, way offshore, get back to the air station, come back like heroes. Everybody comes out, you know, you're taxiing in with the patient and the ambulance is there. And it's always a big, big event, you know, and, you know, save the life. And I'm like, I'm going to go home and I'm hoping I don't get sued. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> these people are ultra rich. They don't want to see their shit get destroyed. So she actually came back to the air station and thanked us. It was kind of cool. But uh, oh, that's super staples, cool. Bunch of staples in her head. Um, a lot of staples. But I you couldn't really see it because it was actually, it took it back past the hairline. So it was, yeah. she was in bad shape, but she was in the hospital a couple of days, I guess. But just, just really cool, you know. But, uh, get an air metal case for, for going way offshore, you know, it's just awesome, you know, so, and, uh, I didn't expect the air metal. Scott Holloway. Just, uh, just 20 miles. got it. Got 20, 20 miles. Got 20 it. miles. Yep. <laughs> That's how it's written up. You know, I don't and, have uh, Scott's in front of me, uh, but I am, I'm going to reference it. I'm going to, as a matter of fact, it'll be a screenshot right here of Scott's yeah. award just to, to <laughs> highlight the two of them together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he gets so mad at me. Oh, and, uh, God, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, that's Cape Cod, man. Um, you know, and then I'd like to tell you about the practical jokes. Some of the stuff that went on up there is just, you know, so you want to talk about you, the helmet now? I, you know what? Yeah. I do because uh, you did mention that. You got some practical jokers up there in Cape Cod. Now, the oh, greatest man. part about it, I hear a lot of practical, and, and I have practical jokers like in the shops that I was in too. But man, I've heard some stories from other guys and I'm like, oh my God. Wow. So Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> so, so, so you get to Cape Cod, and Chuck Ferrante is, is, um, and Nick Mills. Like, I meet Chuck, and I'm like, this guy seems senior, but he says his name is Nick Mills. So, the longest time, like, they switched, like, he was a new guy, and Chuck's talking shit the whole time. I check in, he's like, hey, my name's Nick Mills, but it's always Chuck Ferrante. And, uh, you know, it's just, and Nick Mills finally blew his cover. He's like, he's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, oh, there's so many stories about Cape Cod about shit they made me do. Oh, God. But anyway, the worst was, so we do that all the time with you guys. Somebody would be somebody else, you know? So I would be, one day I was Chief Hoffmaster with this brand new guy named Jeff Slaska. So I get back from a flight and they're like, hey, Chief. And I'm like, I walk in the shop and I'm like, you got to be quick, you know? They're like, hey, Chief, what's going on? 
and a Hawkmaster goes, hey, Chief, what's going on? I'm like, what's up, uh, Harold? And uh, he goes, uh, he goes, um, God, the new guy is here. You want to go in your office and talk to him? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> so he goes, so Jeff Lassett comes in thinking I'm Harold Hawkmaster. So I'm, I'm in my drive suit. I'm in Harold's office. I start taking my, my, he's like, and he goes, he goes, somebody said the thing he didn't like the most was full, he didn't like any kind of being, guys being naked. So of course I'm in Harold's office and this is terrible, man. So I take, you know, I start getting on my dry suit, you know, it's dry suit comes off and he's kind of looking, he's sitting there in the chair and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is a good shop with the Cape and I'm been in the Coast Guards in Atlantic City. I'm like being Harold. So next thing I'm down, I'm, I'm completely naked talk to him you know i think i have my socks on and i'm like up on the chair like this you know i'm up on the chair i'm like you know and then my nuts are all hanging out and everything you know and uh he is like he is oh, like a deer in the headlights deer in the headlights right so here's where the story gets really shitty for me so i'm oh. having a great time with this he is horrified i'm like you want to hug he's like he he's like i wouldn't hug him he's like no, I don't want to hug. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm completely naked. Well, they call Miss Arco up. Miss Arco is a pilot. She comes down and she's like, I hear a knock on the door. Well, they're knocking the door. I hear the door open and I hear Arco's voice. And I'm like, <gasps> and I'm like, I'm I'm like, and all the guys are watching me get naked because the door is open. And she's like, hey, chief. And I'm like, <laughs> jump down into the chair. And I'm sitting there like this, trying to cover my junk up. She's like, What's going on, Chief? How you doing? And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, these guys set me up so bad. You know, I'm like, hey, Miss Arco, I'm like, I'm just talking to the new guy. I'm trying to like, she could see everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> she could see everything. And I'm like, oh my oh, God. God. I'm like, this is fucking, this is the fucking, you know. <laughs> like, so now I'm all embarrassed. And he's like, this kid is horrified because now there's a female lieutenant commander looking at me naked and he don't know what to do. So finally the cat's out of the bag, everybody's laughing, you know. And uh I had her driving around Maine. We're doing Aton up there, and she didn't know what the shopper was. Oh. So, so we're driving around. And I'm like, "Hey, Miss Sparkle, this is a new gang sign, you know?" Because it's like '06, whatever it was, '05. Yeah. And she's like, uh, "She's like, oh yeah." She's looking at the gang sign. So finally, we go to Olive Garden at night as a crew because we're deployed. And she goes to the waitress, super cute little waitress, probably like 22 college student up in Portland, Maine, or Bangor, Maine, wherever it was. And she goes, ma'am, she goes, can I ask you something? She goes, what does this mean? And the whole crew is like, Ed Bold, uh, figure out the other guy. I'm like, oh my God, and the pilot, he starts the other co-pilot. Like, it was so embarrassing. She's like, she goes, I know what that means, but she goes, I'm not going to tell you. And I'm like, I'm like, she goes, Claude, what does that mean? She's Mr. Arco was so mad at me. But, well, she tells me to get a rental car, right? She tells me to get a rental car. You know, they're going to do Aton. So I'm like, hey, you go to the rental car at the airport. She's like, and don't get anything extravagant. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, hey, you got any SUVs? Like, no, we got no Suburbans or anything. I'm like, um, you got a Cadillac? She goes, yeah, I got a DeVille. I'm like, I'll take it. So I pull up to the thing later on that day in this big Cadillac. And she goes, how much is this going to cost? I go, I go, I don't know. I said, but it's a Cadillac. How could you not? You know, we'd be comfortable. She goes, only you would get a Cadillac, you know. But Miss Arco had a lot of, she was a lot of fun, so. But yeah, oh here is poor God. Jeff Slaska. My nuts are all hanging out, and I'm embarrassed. He's embarrassed. Everybody's embarrassed. So, but uh, so long, long story longer. Scott Holloway, Scott Holloway's flight helmet. Right? He's there's this joke going back and forth. 
you know, there's a couple of really Chris Davis and Sean Persinger, very talented individuals. They can take a, um, they can, they can make anything art artists, just really good at what they do. They take a flight, a clear lens off a flight helmet and they put, they do this epic penis. It's like the super bad came out. Somebody's showing penises and stuff on everything. Dude, this thing was just epic. It had the sack. It just came across. It just, it was perfect. It was a most, it was a very nice looking penis, you know? So, and it's, uh, it's etched into the clear visor. So Scott Holloway's on an Admiral flight, flying some Admiral around. They come all the time, you know, give him a flight suit, Admiral commit. Okay, we're going to go fly. And so Scott Holloway is, is one of the radios in the 60s. And I guess he goes to put the visor down for some reason, you know, probably had his son visor down and clips it up, puts it, and it's like, he could see it's just an epic cock right in front of him, you know? <laughs> and he's like, and the Admiral's like looking at him, I think, and he's like, flips it back up and he flips it down. And the flight mech looks and the flight mech goes, oh my God, you know? Like the pilot's like, what's going on? So he's like, oh, nothing, sir. So he comes back to the shop and he's like, he's not mad, he's just laughing because it's just, you never know what was going to happen in Cape Cod, man. You know, I mean, just always something always a practical joke and it's in the works and everything else. And, oh man, I mean, oh God, dude. So that was funny as shit with that penis. I don't know where that visor went. I'd love to find out where it went. Cause it is, it's awesome looking, but, uh, so we get exchange pilots up there, right. All the time, right. From Canada. We had one from Australia. Well, the swimmer shop is, is it's a door inside at the time. There's a secure door to go in the air station, but on the side, you just open the door up and go to a swimmer shop. So a lot of times we get visitors that come, people check, like, don't know how to get in there. They go to our door and they, they walk in, you know, they walk into a swimmer shop. So this, this Australian pilot shows up and he's in this white hat, white shirt, white shorts, white socks, almost up to the bottom of the shorts and white shoes. I go, I didn't know who he was. And I'm packing a Falcon shoe on a Friday. He goes, Hey, I'm a, I'm such and such from Australia. I go, yeah. Did you fall off the love boat, dude? Where's the love boat dock down the end of the pier? And he's like, look at it, dude. I'm like, he's a nice guy, you know, he's an Australian pilot. I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you here? They're like, is that like somebody's like, I thought somebody was pranking me, you know what I mean? Like, this guy's got this. I'm like, nice fake Australian accent, sir. He's like, I'm the Australian pilot checking in. I'm like, you don't have no Australian pilots, you know what I mean? And Hawkmaster comes around the corner, and he's like, dude, that's really an Australian pilot. I'm like, this isn't a practical joke, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I said, nobody would dress like this. I said, nobody would dress. And I'm like, insult this guy. You know, I'm like, who in the world dresses with white socks or white shorts off? And he goes, he's really the pilot. I go, I'm not playing this game. I'm like, and Hoff's like, oh my God. He goes, you're going to get booked. You know what I mean? I, I just, they give up, you know? And oh, sure as shit, he was the Australian oh, pilot. But I really thought somebody was playing a joke on me. I'm like, because who the fuck coming from Australia? But anyway, so. But that was that was Cape Cod, man. You had to be, you had to be strong. You had to be strong, man. I did my medic school up there. Um, that was cool, being a paramedic. It was cool being a medic for like ten minutes. Now I'm over it. So you know. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, man. But uh, wow. yeah, Cape Cod's an awesome place. So, but, dude, that's uh, so fun. <laughs> yeah, man. So. Well, we're yeah. going to get into uh, Air Station Kodiak next because you went oh my God. there after you left uh, Cape Cod. Well, it seems to be that time because we've hit our bingo. We'll be relaunching for part two of this episode after we refuel. We'll see you soon.
Now, it's time for me to pull chocks and take off. But before I go, I'm always looking for the memorable rescues that people have done. If you have one that you're willing to share or know somebody who has a story, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to highlight it here at The Real Rescue. For everybody that is standing by for that SAR alarm, remember, those in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. So until next time, fly safe and swim hard. Thank you for joining me today here at The Real Rescue Podcast, powered by Vertical Helicast. We'd also like to say thank you to our sponsors for this episode, Breeze Eastern. They dedicate themselves to our helicopter rescue world. Since the very first helicopter rescue in November of 1945, Breeze Eastern has designed and manufactured superior rescue hoist solutions. While much of the technology and the unique mission requirements have changed over the past 75 years, their commitment to the rescuers, the operators, and those being rescued has not. Contact them today by visiting them at breeze-eastern.com. Hey, rule number four, try to keep up. And if you can't keep up, take notes. There are constant changes happening all around us. New techniques, new gear and equipment, new rules, new standards, and we can always get more training. If you're not keeping up on this stuff, you're falling behind. Just because this is the way you've always done it does not mean this is the best way.